Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to Monster Movie Fun Time Go's second annual 31 Days of Horror. Day number 18. I'm being joined today once again by my good friend Jed Dusler. Howdy. We're talking about Evil Dead... The remake slash reboot from 2013, and we're also going to just chat a little bit about Ash versus Evil Dead, mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. television show, which I need to start watching immediately before we start talking about it in depth. So, as I said, this movie is from 2013. Of course, it's in color. It's 92 minutes. Directed by Fade Alvarez. <laughs> it's in color. Thank you for specifying. <laughs> Some of the movies we watch are in black and white. So I always say. His <laughs> screenplays by Fed Alvarez and Orodo Sayegas. Produced by Robert Tappert, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell has a production credit. Uh, 92 minutes budget is 17 million. Box office is 97.5 million. Damn. Yeah, cost the most, but made the most, and seems to have the biggest margin between the cost and the take. So, not too shabby. It stars... Might say it's a little shabby. (laughs) It stars Jane Levy as Mia Allen, Shiloh Fernandez as David Allen, Lou Taylor Pucci as Eric... Jessica Lucas as Olivia, Elizabeth Blackmore as Natalie, Phoenix Connolly as Teenager, Jim McClarty as Harold, Cian Davis as Old Woman, Stephen Butterworth as Toothless Redneck, Carl Willits as Long-Haired Redneck, Randall Wilson as Abomination, and Rupert Degas as Demon Voice. And there's a little tiny cameo of Bruce Campbell at the very end. Well, I was going to save it for the very end of the oh. podcast, but no. Sorry. You have to give away the ending. Uh, sorry. So this is, can we call it a sequel at all? I is, don't think so. I mean, is there anything in it that contradicts the other movies? Mind you, the other movies have things in them that contradict each other. Sure. Is this a different group of people finding the same cabin, or is this just a remake and this is the first time people have found the cabin? Well, I don't know that it's the first time people have found the cabin because, you know, they when they lift up the carpet, there's somebody that's already been... Oh, right. Well, yeah, but in the other films, someone had, there had already been people killed yeah. before okay. they got there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think it's the same cabin. I don't... I mean, I, I I literally just think it's a reboot. I don't right. think the I just, previous movie existed, but I don't think that... I just didn't know if the appearance by Bruce was meant to imply that it is in the same universe, or, right. if, it was, or if it was just Bruce kind of giving his blessing to the film. I think it was more you than know. that. I mean, it was... 
I, to me, that's what I definitely think because they just, I don't know. I don't see it existing in the same universe because it is definitely not funny. There's, well, that's true. There's <laughs> supposed to be something called Evil Dead Rise coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard they were going to make a sequel. And I believe that one will be a sequel, of course, to this one. Yeah. Uh, originally intended for digital release on HBO Max, it's scheduled to be released theatrically. Probably when they, when they were making it, it was just, I'm assuming it was probably during the COVID times. and Yeah, yeah. They didn't know any kind of future of right. shorts <laughs> at the time. I don't see any of the same... It's not written or directed by the same people. It's not starring any of the same people. So I don't know if it's really a sequel. Really. <laughs> I don't know if it's really a sequel to anything or if it's just another another go at it. Mm, yeah. I guess well, once again, sequel logic no no longer is implied, I don't think, in, in modern day movies. The, you know? <laughs> because and the, the, the way that they've started getting around some of that is by not calling it, you know, yeah. Evil Dead Reboot 2. You know, right. it's just you you have the you have a, 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 a subtitle or whatever you call it. Secondary. This uh, this appears to, from what little information we have, take place in an apartment building, not a cabin. OK, so once again, it, instead of it being sequel, most most people now put it just in their their, their world building. So this is the universe yeah. of, yeah. that evil death, evil dead exists in. Yeah. All right, but let's not spend too much time on the thing that hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> come on, we have like six more hours of this. <laughs> oh, man. You know, there's some podcasts that I've heard of, I haven't listened to any of them, that they go through a movie like one minute at a time. Oh, my. Each each episode is just one minute of the film. Ugh. No, I don't think I could do that. And there's another one where I think the host makes different guests watch the same movie. <laughs> Like every episode is about the same movie, but it's a different guest each time. Well, we really love that movie. Uh, but let, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into the summary from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. The film opens in 2008 with a teenage girl running through the woods until she is caught by two pursuing hillbillies. Subdued with a sack over her head, she awakens to find herself tied up in the fruit cellar of a remote cabin where an old woman is reciting incantations from a strange book. The girl pleads with her father, Harold, to release her. After he refuses, she reveals her possession by a demonic spirit and threatens to kill him. So, it's not at all what it first appears to be that is right. happening here. Her Harold sets her ablaze and shoots her dead. Absolute misdirection at the very beginning. Yeah. Three years later, in 2011, and I, I quite liked that. That was that was cool. Mm -hmm. Three years later, in 2011, David Allen and his girlfriend Natalie arrive at the cabin with their dog, Grandpa, where they meet... At all, by the way. I do not understand, <laughs> after watching the movie, why they named the dog Grandpa. I just, I just don't understand it. Probably the writer's real dog was named that for some reason. <laughs> Awful name for a dog. Or they trapped their grandfather's soul in the body of the dog. Also awful. That's quite a backstory. It's in the, it's, it's in the deleted scenes. Damn it. <laughs> it's on the Blu-ray. <laughs> they meet his estranged younger sister, Mia, and her friends, Eric, a high school teacher, and Olivia, a nurse. The group plans to stay in the cabin while Mia overcomes her heroin addiction. 
Yes, very, very so this drug theme. Drug is a new, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a new element, not at all in any of the previous movies. Yeah. Mia begins having serious withdrawal symptoms and complains of an overwhelming scent of decay. And and I like that they did, I, like I said, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of drugs or addiction <laughs> in movies, really. I mean, it's hard for me to watch movies that have that, like what, what I'm, uh-huh. I'm thinking of. Um not not uh, requiem, requiem for a dream. Oh man, okay, hard movie to watch. Um, great movie, but hard to watch. Uh, but I mm. like that they added that element into this, just because it it grounds it a whole lot more, and it yeah. it 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 explains away things that are happening, not from mm. very long, mind you, but it, it just once again it grounds it a little bit more. So I I like that element of it. Yeah, uh, the friends also pull the brother aside and say, "Dude, this is the second time we've done this." Yeah. Yeah. So they don't, they're actually not expecting it to go well, but they're like, this has to be the last time we're not, if she tries to leave, don't let her leave. Yeah. But then he's kind of wishy-washy. He hasn't been around and he's like, well, but if she asked me to take her, I'm going to, I can't just say no. And they, and they, it also helps set up the fact why they're in a remote cabin. Yeah. You know, it's not just, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to go to this cabin and we're going to hang out. Right. Most people would just walk in and be like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it also belong to them or something. They're you know, going to they do it. Up all that kind of stuff, which is like, okay, I would have still left personally. <laughs> right. She is going to, she's going to break this habit the hard way. Yeah. Which is why she has her nurse friend there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she complains of an overwhelming scent of decay, which the others ignore. David discovers that the cabin cellar is littered with rotting animal corpses, a worn double barreled shotgun, and a book called the. Naturum de Monto. So we've gone back to the name of the book from the first movie. Gonna go. Mm-hmm. And as we, as I mentioned, in case you didn't listen to that episode, this is not proper Latin, and it does not mean the Book of the Dead. But it what looks interesting. Is it? Is it's? It's definitely an Evil Dead reboot, not an Evil Dead Two reboot. That's right. You know, I mean, right. it's definitely going back to the origins. Yeah. Now it does look like what this should mean is on the nature of demons, but it's not proper Latin grammar to mean that. Anyway, a curious Eric reads an incantation from the book, Awakening a Malevolent Force. So they don't even play a tape this time. This dumbass right. just straight up reads it out of the book. And and while we're, while we're right there, I'm going to try to throw these in while I, while I in, in order, if I can remember them. But the, the dude comes across this book, and this time it is bound in wire. Yes. Wire. Barbed wire, holding it closed. Barbed wire doesn't take doesn't take the hint. No, exactly. And I'm Go. if you have to have wire cutters to open a book, and you still open it, something's wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, it's on Whatever you, man. Happens, you it, you have it coming. Yeah, yep. And he's the yep. teacher. Okay, he's yep. the teacher. Do right. not open this book. Right. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> say that this is why we have a teacher shortage, but it sure didn't help. I just had a sudden image. Do, do you remember that child's book? Uh, there's a monster at the end of this book mm-hmm. where uh, folks, if you haven't read it, it's a Sesame Street book. Grover is the star of the book. <laughs> and he and it's a it's a it's a very meta book. Grover's like, wait, what did that say? He's reading the title of the book and he sees that there's a monster at the end of this book and he doesn't want you to keep going because he's scared. There's a monster at the end of the book. And at various times he tries to nails shut the book and and tie it up and they, he does things to try and keep you 
from turning the pages. And that's actually and, the uh, first material for this movie. Yeah, that just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right off, uh, I didn't like the the long haired teacher yeah. with the the sex offender glasses at all. Yeah. Uh, spoilers though, Grover is the monster at the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> and spoilers throughout this so entire the, show. The real the real monster was the friends we made along the way. Anyway, what is uh, Mia? Let's see. He reads the incantation, awaking a malevolent force. Mia begins seeing a bloody girl in the woods and begs the group to leave. They refuse, thinking she must be seeing hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that's not yeah, unreasonable. In the circumstances, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mia steals Eric's car and leaves, but sees a naked girl and swerves, crashing into a tree. And is it a naked girl? I mean, I think so. To me, it looked like a naked man who was standing in the road and... Oh, no, there's that um, girl. And, because I rewound it, and it looked like he was, you know, touching himself. I could have swore it was the same girl that she ends up seeing later on, but maybe not. Uh, well, I'm not going to go rewind it again, and, yeah, it, but that's what I, I was like, wait, what is happening here? Anyway, she swerves and crashes into the tree. She runs into the woods where vines from a demonic tree trap her. Mm. After Mia sees a demonic version of herself, a vine enters her body, possessing her. Much like uh, the first one. Yeah, yeah. In much the same I think, way. I think it enters her in an inappropriate fashion. Not mm-hmm. that there's an appropriate fashion to get possessed by demon vines, but right, right. it's very Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. David finds Grandpa beaten to death with a hammer and goes to confront Mia in the shower. Mm-hmm. He sees her scalding Remember, herself and just, tries... Just so, we're, just so we're clear here, Grandpa... Is the name of the dog. Is the dog, yes. Uh, he sees her scalding herself and tries to drive her to a hospital, but a sudden rainstorm washes out the road. That night, Mia wounds her brother with a shotgun and vomits a large amount of red bile onto Olivia's face before Eric manages to lock her in the basement. So, lots of similarities already. Yeah, but she's... Because I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm like, well, wait, who's going to be Ash? Exactly. And I, had some, and I had some vague idea that it was a girl named Ash, because Ashley can go either way. Sure. Although I always think, whenever I hear Ashley, I think of Gone with the Wind. But Well, and, and we uh, Ashley. The, the, the brother, if I'm not mistaken, he's wearing the same kind of outfit that ash wore in yeah the first one blue kind of i mean it's pretty standard like blue jeans and a yeah and a kind of blue shirt but yeah. it was still it's almost like they were wanting you to think this is gonna be the new ash yeah but, but you're sort of they kind of they sort of go back and forth because yeah she's the me is the one being possessed and bothering everybody mm-hmm Let's see. Olivia is later possessed by unseen forces. While Eric discovers her in the shower, mutilating her face, she stabs him repeatedly with a hypodermic needle before he bludgeons her to death. Now, I don't want to say the guy... Like you do. But (laughs) if anybody was going to be the first one, I'm glad it was him. Well, yeah, he started it. He opened the door. He deserved... So, once again, it's... At this point, I'm not fearful for anybody else. I'm like, if they just knock this guy out, bitch had it coming... But why wasn't he the one possessed? Well, I don't I, that I don't know. It seems it, like that's what should have happened. Ash didn't get possessed whenever he read from the or whenever he was listening to the the deal or whatever. So I mean, I get like, well, he sort of does though. He gets possessed and then gets better. Yeah, which I always thought was weird because if yeah. you're going to use that logic, then that means anybody can get better, and you're killing yeah. them before they can. Yeah, you should. So just I always thought it was kind of and, weird logic, anyways, but. My yeah. whole thing was they could have wrapped up the movie, bada bing, bada boom, kill that guy, <laughs> and everybody lives happily ever after she gets better. 
but they didn't go that direction. No. Mia lures Natalie into the cellar and bites her before slicing her own tongue apart with a box cutter and then forcibly kissing her. I don't remember this. David helps her. uh, These these are things I hate. I hate needles and the (laughs) idea of cutting um, paper cuts, tongue Uh cuts. Razors. Razors. No, I hate how do you feel? How do you, how do you feel about that scene in one of the Saw movies where somebody falls into know, a I pool full of, full of uh, the it's a pool full of syringes? No, probably no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, okay, it's like I know uh, what scene you're talking about right now. Yeah, and she got uh-huh. that, that blade and she was about to yeah. leak it. I had to go pet my dog, who's not named uh, <laughs> for a minute uh, and then just come back, you know, peacefully and assume I know exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. God. So then she forcibly kisses uh, Natalie. But I don't remember running around with a Excuse cut me. tongue through the rest of the movie. She puts some uh, neosporin on it. She's fine. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, rub some dirt on it. David helps her escape before locking Mia back in. Walk it off. <laughs> Erica explains, possessed by a demon, walk it off, walk you sissy. Off. <laughs> Eric explains that according to the book, the taker of souls must claim five souls to unleash the abomination. Natalie convinced... Her- that her arm is infected, amputates it. Right. Another similarity. Yeah. Echoes of the original mm-hmm. or the or the sequel. But then there's another. Uh, and Eric explains that Mia must be purified either by live burial, dismemberment, or burning, which must be what they were trying to do with the girl at the beginning. The now-possessed Natalie attacks the pair with a nail gun, but David shoots her other arm off. Natalie returns to normal, but soon bleeds to death from her injury. Mm-hmm. David begins to douse the cabin in gasoline, but when Mia starts singing a song from their childhood, he decides to bury her instead. Oh, wait. There, it was a part, here's the part we missed, maybe. They did, they included, which I, I loved the fact that they included this, they did some quick pop cuts, just like I was talking about before, mm-hmm. during right. the chainsaw sequence. Okay. Yeah. So there is a chainsaw in this one as well. Yep. They they bring the the chainsaw and they're going to allude, you know, to what's going to happen. But during this there's this this scene specifically, they they harken back to the whole quick pops and <laughs> love it, love it, love it. I'm glad they kept that in there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he uh, he digs a grave. David digs a grave and heads into the cellar to retrieve Mia, who attempts to drown him. Mm-hmm. Eric intervenes, but is fatally stabbed. David sedates and buries Mia, and after hearing her heartbeat stop, quickly digs her up and attempts to use a homemade defibrillator to resuscitate her. So he seems to be trying to do some kind of loophole. Right. Like, if she dies, he can it'll break the possession, but, and then he can revive her. Yeah, well, think about it this way. They, 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 they kind of alluded to it at the very beginning, remember? When they're like, hey, right. she's tried this before. She technically died, and they brought her back to life. Ah, you know, she would take. Well, one of the one of the pure, I guess, one of the purification methods is live burial. Right, which she was. So I guess buried it, alive. Yeah, and he figures he can. Uh, yeah, they were alluding to the sure. that they were going to do that before. I just thought right. that, was, that was interesting too. So he's he's doing a. There's no rule that says a dog can't be on the team, kind of thing. There's no rule that says she has to stay buried. I can dig her back up and revive her. Right. Once you're done, uh, you can move to chapter two. <laughs> yeah. After several seemingly failed attempts, David covers his sister and says she's at peace. Returning to the cabin, he hears a voice behind him. and fo- Oh, he puts her in this red dress first. I didn't understand. Which that. is a little, 
I don't know, maybe just so she could look cool at the what end. What was the dress doing? Did she? But that means he had to undress his sister, or did he just throw it on over top of whatever? Sure, he just threw it over know. on top. But but still, I guess I don't remember. And where was it? Driving with him, it was there already, which is kind of creepy. Yeah, mm. I yeah. don't know. Did he just have it like in his back yeah. pocket? Just you never know. Have a spare. You just you never know. I guess. Anyway, he fi- he hears a voice and finds Mia alive. David enters the cabin to retrieve his car keys, but Eric's possessed corpse stabs him. Bastard. David locks Mia out to protect her and shoots. <laughs> he shoots a gasoline can, killing both him and Eric in the resulting blaze. Mm-hmm. With David's death, blood begins to rain down from the sky, and Mia is attacked by the abomination in the form of her demonic doppelganger. Mia finds a chainsaw and severs the abomination's legs, but it retaliates by overturning David's jeep, which lands on her left arm and traps her. Mm. Pushed to her breaking point, Mia frees herself, losing her hand in the process. She just everybody pulls these, it out. Yeah, everybody in these movies, I don't know, they have way higher tolerance for pain than I do. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm just like... I've got a- I just wave maniacally with the chainsaw. I don't know something, <laughs> not not rip pull my own arm off. I I have a pretty high pain threshold. I think I would do all right. I do not. I do not like paper cut. <laughs> she grabs the chain. <laughs> she grabs the chainsaw and bisects the abomination's head before it sinks back into the ground and the rain stops. An exhausted Mia leaves to search for help. Unaware, the Naturum di Monto is still intact and slamming shut on its own. Uh, does it look like the other ones with the face on it? That I can't remember. I don't remember there being a face. So, so I just want to, I don't think we've mentioned this at all in any of these so far, but traditionally the Necronomicon is bound in human skin. Mm-hmm. And that is expressed in these movies by them having used the face to bind it. So the front cover is got like eye holes and a mouth hole mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't remember but that. I, I think, but this one, well, this one was, this one was so bound up in the, what do you call it? Barbed, Barbed wire. That you couldn't really see what the cover looked like. But it still looked like it was made out of human skin. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe I say that just because I know the other ones, but it's just like, it looked like it was human skin. And I don't know how many books yeah. I've read that are bound that way, but been a couple. Well, I don't know. But I mean, I've read leather-bound books, and you can, you know, well, yeah, you can make leather out of human. <laughs> you can make leather out of human skin. You can. Don't ask. Don't don't, don't ask how I know that. Very in a in a post-credit scene, an older Ash Williams, the protagonist of the original three Evil Dead films, is seen in shadowed profile. He remarks, "Groovy," before turning suddenly to face the camera. So. so. I- Something that I did notice about that. So she lost her hand, picked up the chainsaw. What is everybody going to think? She's going to be the next Ash, right? Uh huh. But if I'm not mistaken, she didn't take it with her at the end, the chainsaw. No. And so there's no setup for a continuation of the character. No. no. So it's, I mean, that that would make sense. And it does not appear that she will be in the Evil in the Dead next, Rise. Right, so. from, from you saying that. So I just thought that was interesting. I just thought that, yeah. was, that was weird. She so let's just back, talk. She didn't travel back in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of it. What a ripoff, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I, this was yeah, definitely, this was definitely well made. It's all very professionally done. It all looks very modern and yes, it's slick. very modern. It and looks they like they used a lot of practical effects. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they definitely spent 
millions of dollars on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and everybody does a good job, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. What do you think? What do you, what rating would you give Evil Dead from 2013? I'm not a very gore kind of person, mm-hmm. horror movie person. So there were a lot of times I was just like, mm, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need to see this, you know? Right. Like, uh-huh. I also grew up in the, in the generation where you, you didn't have to see necessarily somebody's head, the, the knife cutting through every little um, tendon <laughs> or whatever for you to get the idea. Oh, yeah, the hand's off now. Well, it's also on the floor. Yeah. You could cut to it, and it was just like, ah. You want cool. a more uh, reservoir dogs approach? <laughs> I mean, they were, it was you, it was very visceral. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, that's not, a, I'm not a fan of that. But I understand why it was needed for this, because it is a Sam Raimi, you know, he is producing, and so he does like that kind of stuff. And right. they really wanted it to be a horror movie, not a horror comedy or supernatural yeah. even. They really wanted it to be more of a, or maybe su- supernatural gore, uh, yeah. which is, I guess, not one that I'm also used to seeing. So, long story short, to answer your question, um, <laughs> probably a two. Oof. Yeah. I, I'm going to give a it a three. movie in the sense that it hit all the marks. It was professionally done. It didn't look like a cheesy movie. None of that. Right. Um, I'd never watch it again. I had way too much gore. The characters well, this is the second were, time I've were, seen it. Were not memorable. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Nothing to do bad with that. It's just ah. Right. It wasn't for me. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm going to give it a three just on its basic quality. It's yeah. quality right. horror. It's a quality half. horror film. Two and a half for for quality, I guess. So let's just talk a little bit about Ash versus Evil Dead. This was a stars season one, episode one, <laughs> minute number one. Three seasons on stars from 2016 to 2018. Now available on Netflix. This doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Campbell is back. Thirty years. After his epic battle against the evil Deadites, I think I'll just quickly read this brief summary of episode one, El Jefe. Ash Williams is living in a trailer park working in a value shop department store. I don't know why it isn't S-Mart. I don't know either. But it's not. It's not. Maybe uh, we're, and spending, we're named S-Mart now. I don't know. Uh, spending his evenings womanizing in dive bars. After seeing a demonic visage appear on the woman's face, Ash recalls having a recent marijuana-addled poetry read <laughs> with a young prostitute from the Necronomicon, which he still keeps locked in a trunk. Elsewhere in town, Michigan State Police Detective Amanda Fisher investigates a disturbance at an abandoned house and encounters Ash's demon-possessed friend who kills her partner. After defeating the possessed woman, she is then forced to put down her undead partner who attacks her. Later, Amanda meets the mysterious Ruby Noby who seems too understanding about the horrors Amanda has witnessed. As more evil happenings occur around him, Ash realizes he unwittingly reawakened the horrible curse again and decides to slip out of town. But he is stopped by his co-workers, Pablo and Kelly, who realize he is to blame for what is going on. After having to kill his possessed neighbor, Ash reluctantly decides to resume his old chainsaw-wielding persona once again. So Pablo and Kelly become his... Sidekicks mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Ruby Noby, and I, 
you know, I did not rewatch these movies before watching the TV show, so I did not realize that she had the same last name as the professor in the first two movies. Mm, I guess I didn't realize that either, but they, they, they talk about it in the thing. That is played by Lucy Lawless. Yay. So we have Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, Ray Santiago as Pablo Simon Bolivar, Dana De Lorenzo as Kelly Maxwell slash Sorceress Kea. Jill Marie Jones as Amanda Fisher in season one. Lucy Lawless, as I said, as Ruby Knowles slash Rebecca Prevert. Michelle Hurd. Oh, I didn't remember this. As Linda Bates Emery in season two. Uh, she's Ash's high school girlfriend. She's currently on uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, okay. Ted Raimi as Chet Kaminsky in season two. An old friend, of, an old friend of Ash's. Pepe Sanuga as Lacey Emery. Ariel Carver O'Neill as Brady Barr Williams, season three. And Lindsay Ferris as Dalton. Uh, also recurring characters, Samara Weaving as Heather. Hemke Madrea as El Brujo. Lee Majors. <laughs> Lee fucking Majors mm-hmm. as Brock Williams, Ash's father. I love it. I do remember that. Uh, I'll come back to that in a second. Stephen Lovett as Sheriff Thomas Emery. Joel Tobeck as Ball. Emma Burns as Zoe. Katrina Hobbs as Candace Barr. And Samantha Young as Natalie. Lee Majors, ladies and gentlemen, for the younger ones in the audience, was very famous in the 1970s for playing Steve Austin, the bionic $6 million man in the show $6 million man, and in the 80s for playing Colt Seavers in The Fall Guy, which was a show about a stuntman who, did he do bounty hunting? He was always getting into some kind of mm, I don't know. I don't, not movie-related shenanigans. And was also famously married briefly to Farrah Fawcett, mm. who was famous in the 70s for those younger people out there. <laughs> I think he was a perfect choice to play Ash's father. I loved it. Yes, I agree. Loved it. I would like to see more of him doing that kind of thing. Yeah, it was nice to see him... I don't know. Have fun with the character? <laughs> yeah. He, he was also in the Big Valley back in the 60s. So, so in the this series, you know, he's it's kind of his fault. He's unleashed the Deadites into the world. And every episode, he and his buddies got to fight some Deadites. Lucy Lawless's character is kind of actively trying to unleash shit. So... There's a lot of fighting deadites and trying to find the way to stop oh, this whole thing. It really is well done. I was completely yeah. skeptical going into it. Uh-huh. It also uh, kind of picks and chooses what pieces of the films it wants to use. It uses a little bit from all of them mm-hmm. in that uh, he's missing a hand, like in the second film, but it refers to his sister and him possibly having killed her because she was a deadite which the sister only appears in the first film she's not in the second film folks if you weren't listening the second film is basically a second draft of the first film so it kind of covers the same story but with different details so his sister is not in the second version of the story but it's in the second one that he gets his hand cut off so they they just you know 
they're not overly concerned with continuity as these films never have been. So they don't worry they're too much about lack of continuity. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, is there anything in the series? Do you recall that explicitly addresses the time travel from the third movie? Did that happen in this timeline? That I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. But the thing is the idea of him working at, at a Kmart Walmart sort of a place comes from the third movie. Right. But it's not the same chain, and I don't know that he ever talks about having traveled to the past, which is you'd think it would be a thing, because at the end of the third movie, he's talking about it, and people seem to believe believe him. He told the story enough times that he's like, you know what, nobody believes me when I tell them this shit anyways. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the car that appears in all the movies. Which was Sam Raimi's car, by the way. Yeah, the Delta 88 uh, it's in a previous episode in the reboot. The girl's just sitting on it. Nobody actually drives it. It just seems to be a... I don't know that you could drive anymore. <laughs> rusted out, rusted out relic in the that's at the cabin in the reboot movie. Uh, you said you haven't watched the third season? I have not, no. Yeah, so yeah, go watch it. I will. You can talk about it on this thing. I mean, it's not going to... Well, it just, it ends in a way that looks like it's going to send things in a completely new direction, but then it didn't get picked up for a fourth season, so. Gotcha. That's a shame. But it's all kinds of fun. Bruce Campbell's great in it. His two little sidekicks are great. They have a kind of will-they-won't-they kind of mm -hmm. thing going on. Well, Pablo is definitely enamored with Kelly. They've been working together, and I think he's been pining for her, but she hasn't noticed him. But then as they start going through stuff, she, I think, starts to notice him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that'll, trauma will Will they, won't people. they? Yes. <laughs> Roth and Rachel. It might, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, but I think things might end badly for both of them, but I'm not certain. Or maybe they come out okay. I don't know. I probably have to rewatch the last couple of episodes. Yeah, I really do. I just need to watch season three. And just, a lot of it will come back. A lot of it's come back just us talking about it. Like, I remember... Yeah. When they went to go visit Pablo's uncle or something, mm -hmm. who was like a shaman. Yes. Episode. And while they talk about Bruce Ash being uh, El Jefe, mm -hmm. the which is the, literally means the boss, but they call it, they talk about it as if it's some sort of supernatural almost entity or or a chosen one kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Has its own. It's it's been it's known just like in um, Army of Darkness. And they're talking about the chosen one and, you know, that kind of stuff. The chosen one that will fall from the sky. You know, I think they're just trying to implement that same kind of lore. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I really like it. I recommend it. Of course, Lucy Lawless is, is great. It's always great to see her. But she's just awesome in this as Ruby, who's basically the bad guy. Ruby Soho. Yeah. There's songs written about her, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a different I think it's a different Ruby. Oh okay. She's not she's not Ruby Tuesday either. Oh, okay. I hate that restaurant. I also want to mention that Ellen Sandweiss, who was Cheryl Williams in the original, is who comes back to play her in season two. Mm -hmm. I do remember. And Nicholas Hope as Professor Raymond Noby. What did he play him? Well, we just hear his voice in the other movies. Well, you see him that one time during the um there's there's that scene where he, like I said he he comes as an apparition with his voice and it's his his head. He's just listed as a special guest, so I don't know why that was uh, if that meant something. But uh, yeah, it was not as cool that they got 
And in that first movie, they probably did a lot of just casting of their friends. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> so it was nice, nice that they called her up to come... Uh, called her back come up back to... And, come back and do it. To the majors. Yeah, she she's, you know... Oh, she, uh, she is a voice cameo as Cheryl in the 2013 Evil Dead. Oh, okay. Uh, she's got a few credits, not a lot. She's in My Name is Bruce playing Cheryl. <laughs> well, now I got to go so watch that. There you go. There you go. I mean that. Uh, was it the last episode? Yeah, My Name is Bruce is a Bruce Campbell movie where he's playing himself. It does not appear to be easily, readily available anywhere right now. Mm, that's good to That's know. annoying. On Amazon, it says, this video is not currently available to watch in your location. Which is why you need Surfshark VPN. You need physical media. Physical that's media. A, I recommend it. I was just pretending we had a real sponsor for right. a second. Of course. <laughs> of course. Do you have any final thoughts on any of this before we wrap it up? No, like I said, I still need to watch season three to kind of get all of it, you know, fresh in the brain there. But from what I remember, once again, it was, I went in very skeptical going, okay, well, let's see. Let's see what they do with this. Let's see where they cheap out. Let's see where, but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't have that feel at all okay. from me watching it. So I, I rather enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I definitely, I'm giving the series a, as a whole uh, four stars, four pumpkins. Four pumpkins. Hey, that's that's more than you're giving any of the, the, the movies. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did like it a lot more than I liked any of the movies. Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. Well, since I haven't seen season three, I can only rate the ones that I've seen. So I'd probably say three, three and a half pumpkins. You know, they slice one of those pumpkins with that chainsaw, so you only have half of one. Okay. But uh, I'm sure it'd be, I'm sure it would inch its way up to four. You, that other half to. My name is Bruce on Amazon. The DVD is $62. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, sometimes, not that I recommend this at all, but you can find it on YouTube. There's other, other places. I might know a guy. Well, I looked on here, it says Tubi, but that's not the right my name is Bruce movie. Right. Uh, uh, there's another movie. They call me Bruce. That is something else. What, what is the actual name? My name is Bruce. Okay. That's what I thought. There's another movie called they call me Bruce. Is a documentary. That's about a guy who idolizes Bruce Lee. Right. There's a triple feature DVD that has it for only 3996. Supposedly this Blu-ray is 1380. Is it in the right region though? Sometimes you gotta be careful on, Amazon, make sure that it's the correct region. Yes. That can be a an issue. Well, I'm not seeing it on YouTube either, unfortunately. Or fortunately, however you want to look at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is not... But you can watch the trailer there. There you go. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to break... Uh, that's going to wrap it up. By next year, we'll somehow get a hold of a copy of My Name is Bruce so we can talk about it. Sounds good to me, man. There's places on the internet where you can find things. You, I'm going to go to MySpace and search for it. I'm going to go to um, ICQ and chat some of my friends in there, and maybe they can lead okay. me to a LimeWire link. I'm just going to throw as many uh, retro things as I can here. Uh, I'll hit up all my contacts on Friendster, see if any of them have a <laughs> copy. I'm sure there's a, um, a GeoCities page that... As a link. <laughs> hey, I used 
I used to have a GeoCities page. That does not surprise me. You should go and find it and see what your user count. You know, people have, uh, you know, that little. Is that even, is that even still function? Hell if I know. <laughs> uh, look it up later. I will make you folks. So it says Yahoo GeoCities when, oh, when I go to Wikipedia. All right. That's going to do it for us for tonight, folks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Come back for the rest of 31 Days of Horror. Uh, until next time, remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. Don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.